Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Serie A fan. Dark cloud descended over Milan this week as Inter missed the chance to go top and Milan are left looking for a silver lining after they're handed a beating by Ledea and tempers flared in the Copper Derby. Elsewhere the transfer market's in full swing as teams rush to reinforce before the deadline and sign a copy-paste henchman of their own in this episode of Scudetto. Hi everyone and welcome to Scudetto. It's been another week of high drama in Serie A and in Coppa Italia. Um, so plenty for us to get into on the football front. And a little bit later on, we've got a new feature to introduce to you. So do stick around for that. Uh, but first, welcome back to the starting lineup. Kenny Wastel, how are you getting on? Good, good. Thanks. Glad to glad to get the call up. <laughs> and uh, Baz is back as ever. Baz, how are you this week? Um, as the official statistician of the pod, I noticed that I'm often saying I'm I'm great, I'm fine. But I mean, it wouldn't make a very interesting pod if I said I was depressed and uh, <laughs> having an awful time of it. So I'm great, I'm fine. I thought you were going to tell me as the official statistician that you had the hundred percent attendance rate. To the podcast. I, I have a hundred percent. I'm great rate apparently. And also, yeah, I'm I'm ever present so far. I'm at ninety minutes every game. Um, I think we're doing a bit better for beers this week as well. Kenny, uh, have you got something to share with us? Of course. I've got a uh, Tempest Brewing Company Peach Sour. Uh, I've only ever had a couple of sours before. I'm not completely sold on them, but I'm going to give this one a go because I'm trying to be a little bit um, adventurous. A little bit fruity. Yeah, yeah, a little bit fruity. So We'll see how it goes. Nice. Yeah. Sour beers are really big over here. I had a few at the start when we first started doing this, if you remember. Blueberry sour is the best one, I thought. Anyway, yeah, let me know how it is. Uh, and Buzz, how about you? What have you got? I've got, uh, of course, it's an IPA and it's a local brewery called um, Agibor, which means the, the hero. I've never had it before, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and this is my last week uh, on the ginger beers coming towards the end of the month. Uh, I've just got Classic standard Fentiman's ginger beer. It's not as good as the one I had last week, to be honest. But it's uh, yeah, it's still ginger beer. It's all right. Not sure anyone cares. <laughs> <laughs> this peach sour is all right. I'm uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna I think be forming my judgment as I get through the can because it's it just always kind of take me by surprise how little they taste like most other beers. I didn't watch your face when you said I watch it now. Yeah, it looks looks mildly sour. I didn't mention, but the the beer I had last week was terrible, awful, and and this is a already a complete new experience for me. Fantastic news! Uh, right, let's let's talk about some of the games. Um, so first, we need to recap briefly the Scudetto derby, Milan nil, Atalanta three. And um, the main reason we want need to talk about these two teams is uh, relating to the the headlines they were generating about their copper fixtures, um, but as it's the Scudetto derby and as they faced each other, let, let's just start by talking about that game and um, 
we, we're going to get an apology from Boaz in a bit, but maybe we start by just praising Atalanta, can we? Yeah, absolutely. And before we do that, can I just say that I hope you guys now know your Gozans from your Froilers and, and Hattibors. But yes, Atalanta were absolutely uh, sensational. Uh, I think we have to kind of start off by saying just how good Ilicic is uh, and how good he was in this game. Uh, right back to, to his best, Ilicic, that we knew from, from last season. Uh, I think, I mean, this is uh, obviously the week that Gomez uh, has finalised his move to Sevilla. And I think it has to be said that Atalanta have looked a lot better since uh, since Gomez has actually been out of the out of the squad. And it's sad to say that because he has been the star uh, of this, uh, what is arguably the best Atalanta side, certainly of, of my lifetime. So it is, it is sad to say that, but they picked up eight wins and four draws since then. They're looking really, really good. And I know that Boaz had some some frustrations during this game, and I think some of them were justified. But overall, Atalanta played Milan off the park, really. Um, and I think probably uh, most people will, will agree with Boaz as well. I'm sure that the, the better team on the day won. Yeah, Boaz, um, let you come in there. Would you agree? And um, what happened to Milan? I think perhaps... Um... Saying the better team on the day one is is even a little bit restrictive. The the better team full stop one. Um, it was clear that one of the teams on the pitch was a Champions League team and the other team was a Europa League team. It would have been crazy if you told me 10, 15 years ago that the roles would, would be Milan in the Europa League spot. But such is life. Overall, it, it seemed that um, the Atalanta midfield, but I seemingly can't name, pretty much bossed the midfield duo of uh, Kessie and Tonali, who felt like they were um, children playing with adults, pretty much. And uh, Gasparini got his tactics just right, uh, including his uh, pre-match mind games that obviously got under my skin. And uh, I guess they might have got under the skin of one or two of Milan players as well. And uh, now it starts, now is the start of the real hard work for Milan. We're exactly at the halfway point of the season and Tomorrow, as this episode comes out, there will be uh, the beginning of the first round of the return legs begins. So exciting times all around. And uh, what a season we've decided to start a podcast on. <laughs> absolutely. Um, you said, uh, obviously, the hard work starts for Milan now, which is absolutely true. At least they're not in the uh, in the copper anymore. They don't have that to worry about, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but it's a tough period coming up for Atalanta in terms of fixture congestion as well, isn't it, Kenny? Yeah, absolutely. So they obviously, this is probably getting onto the where you started with the the Coppa Italia results. Uh, Atalanta put in an incredible, uh, credible performance uh, with ten men for the last half an hour or so uh, against Lazio and managed to come out with a, a three-two win and a deserved three-two win at that in what was an absolutely incredible game of football that had absolutely everything. Um, but the result of that is that they've now got two Coppa Italia semi-finals to to look forward to. They've got the European exploits. Uh, I think, uh, th- yeah, I think these next couple of months are really going to stretch that Atalanta squad to to the absolute max. It was something that they did at the start of the season. They they in, they they brought in reinforcements to to have a bigger squad, and we're just about to find out whether that will pay off really. Yeah, and I guess we do need to talk about the. The Milan's Coppa game as well, the, the the Milan derby that they lost two one to Inter, a game that was really a, a, an explosive fixture. I guess it would be fair to say that was really dominated by um, 
by the feud and uh, and subsequent sending off in the second half of of Zlatan Ibrahimovic following his feud with uh, Romelu Lukaku, which which came to a head just just on the break of half time. It's been kind of dominating the media discussion in Italy and uh, and and abroad as well. So um, for Zlatan started the week with um, some trash talk with Atalanta Zapata. And at the time, it was kind of cute, you know. He he told Zapata that uh, he's scored more goals than Zapata has played games. It's kind of uh, easy to give it all that when when you're losing. And and to be honest, uh, Martin Darun had the best response by pretty much laughing at him and playing the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme at the at, as the background. But as the week proceeded, Zlatan was involved in yet another alter, altercation, and this one seemed a little bit more nasty. Without going into the things that were said, it, I felt that both players didn't really put the, uh, the best show of themselves. At the end of the day, it's, uh, well, as we would say in Italy, it's a figura di merda for both of them. It, it, it really, it looks childish. It, it doesn't look good, basically. And at the end of the day, I'm sure Lukaku will feel that he's won this uh, particular battle because he ended up scoring a penalty and also his team ended up winning. But as I said, neither player came out of it looking great. Yeah, and I think these are two players who are widely liked for for very different reasons. Um, neither of them covered themselves in glory, as as Boaz said. Some very uh, I wouldn't want to repeat. Uh, there there have been questions as to you know as to what was meant by some of the things that were said. Either way, I think some some nasty things. And it's true that on the football field, lots of things get said that don't get picked up on that are there to to just wind people up. But there are times when you cross the line. Uh, I think both players actually crossed the line uh, on this on this point, one more so than, than the other. But um, yeah. And of course, this situation is exasperated by the fact that there's no fans in the stadium. And so we hear every single word. We can put the microphones are picking up everything they say. I'm sure we're going to get on to Inter later. But that was another case where we heard something from home that usually we wouldn't get, we wouldn't be privy to. Yeah, um, and there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not the remarks of, of Zlatan were racist. Um, he's come out and denied that in the press. Uh, reportedly addressed all of the Milan players at the end of the game just to assure them that his intentions weren't racist, which I, I'm sure is true. I, I mean, from my perspective, it's just why say something that risks tapping into what is a racist stereotype? Like like you mentioned before, Kenny, like would he have said that to a white player is the question that... Um, you have to be asking. Yeah, I'm very uncomfortable with what's like that. I was trying to be more uh, opaque about it, perhaps than <laughs> than you've uh, done there by by asking the question up uh, out front. Um, but I'm very uncomfortable with what uh, Zlatan said, and I do agree with you. I'm sure that um, his intentions weren't weren't racist, but that I think is not the, the things that he said are not good. And well, you mentioned his uh, apology. I, I thought that was a little bit half-hearted as well because he has a little mention that all humans are the same, but some players are better than others. And I, I know Zlatan a lot of time is playing a character, but maybe at times when you're accused of saying something that could potentially be racist or even insensitive, maybe that's a time where you can break character and be like, look, I didn't mean it. Um, I, I apologize and maybe reach out to Lukaku. Uh, but obviously, I'm sure stuff is going on behind closed doors that we aren't aware of. Yeah, we've probably probably said enough about that. Um, let's talk about Roma. 
We've actually had a, I mean, we spoke about Roma at some length last week, Baz, and uh, their week from hell. They've had something of a better, well, more, a week that's ended a bit better uh, with a last minute win in their uh, their league league game rematch against Spezia. This, so, yeah, do, do you think Fonseca deserves a bit of credit for this? It's never boring in the capital. It's crazy that we're talking about a manager whose role is potentially at risk when the club is in uh, third position, if I'm not mistaken. And also they're playing some fantastic football. We've given them some honorable mentions throughout the uh, the season for and to them as a team and also to various players because they're truly a delight to watch when they're on. They've had a couple of dodgy results and also they've, they've had the two clerical errors that we mentioned that, to be honest, that's, that's a bit, they need to sort that stuff out. But um, con- considering the expectations at the start of the season, any criticism of Fonseca and Rome at the moment is out of place. Having said that, they really did uh, have to work hard to get the, the win against uh, Spezia. They conceded an equalizer in the 90th minute and uh, they managed to get their winner to win 4-3 in the 94th minute. Uh, some would argue that this is kind of a this show of uh, unity behind the Fonseca, and if they didn't believe in the manager, they would have just uh, given up and accepted the draw. But at the same time, it's kind of dodgy that the team was leading 3-1, and really that's the time when they should have put it to bed. I, in an earlier episode, we mentioned that uh, Roma were very good at uh, scoring one or two goals really early in the game and then kind of killing the game off. Obviously, that's not been happening in the last couple of games, and Fonseca maybe needs to sort things out. And lastly, we we should probably mention that they, there was a mini mutiny in Rome this week. Players were refusing to come out to train. Uh, they stayed in the change room, and um, ultimately, the, the the player liaison who they wanted uh, back has not been hired back. And Zeko has been left out of the team for two games in a row. As I said at the very beginning, never boring in the capital. Not just left out of the team; he's actually been training alone and at the beginning I think that was partly rehabilitation from from injury but apparently he turned up and said turned up in the changing room and said all right I'm ready to join the rest of the the group and was was told actually we'd, we'd prefer if you if you continue to to train alone so that's your um that's your club captain or that's who was your club captain and uh, so I, I to say it was a good week uh I I think is perhaps a bit of a stretch it was better than last week yes yeah, yeah, an improvement, but uh, yeah, still all is still not well. Yeah, uh, we'll come back to Roma uh, a little bit in the transfer roundup uh, later, and maybe some some more news on where Jacko might potentially be heading. But first, let's, let's discuss Inter because um, we we were just talking about Milan's loss. Obviously, gave the, gave Inter the chance to go top, deal the winter champion crown, and they missed that opportunity. Nil nil draw with Udinese. Um, and Conte didn't didn't seem too happy about it, did he, Buzz? So, uh, first of all, we need to give a mention to our friend uh, Christian Eriksen, who scored a 97-minute uh, free kick in the in the cup derby that uh, won it for Inter. I think uh, what a time to shine! And suddenly, this brought out a very different Conte, whose quotes were a little bit uh, bizarre, if you ask me. He was saying that, "Oh, we all we all really love Christian. He's such a no- lovely guy. He's just a little bit shy." And this is the same guy who we were saying, look, I've given him plenty of chances and he's never taken them just a few weeks ago. So again, the Conte is like, uh, he's bipolar sometimes. The different Conte comes out for different uh, interviews. And apparently <laughs> off the transfer list now, Ericsson, according to, I think it was the Corriere dello Sport. 
reporting that he's no longer for sale. Just one free kick is, is all it took. In fairness, it is Inter's first free kick goal in uh, over two years, wasn't it? At Boaz, you might. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, so that's what that's all it took. And it was a good free kick. It was a good free kick. It was a great free kick. We've seen we've seen him take plenty of those for for Spurs as well. So. And you mentioned uh, Conte's unhappiness. This is something that I kind of touched on earlier on, but um, because there's no one in the stadiums, you can clearly hear all the interactions. And there was a an exasperated Conte screaming at Maresca. It's always you, the the referee. It's always you, Maresca. It's always you. And then you could hear Maresca responding to him. You should learn how to lose or something along those lines. Obviously, a referee shouldn't be responding to a manager, but Conte's should know that the cameras are on him and everyone can hear him. It's it's nuts. Whenever a referee responds, managers always seem to go over the top about it. Pochettino going crazy at Mike Dean over something seemingly quite innocuous a couple of seasons ago. <laughs> I guess it's quite rare. It kind of riles them in an unexpected way. I've heard Conte described uh, as being like Mourinho without the sense of humour. Um mm. As a previous uh, Inter manager, obviously, uh, and spot on, really. Yeah, right. That's all we've got time for on Inter, I think. Um, so just a quick roundup of uh, the rest of the teams that we won't get time to talk about, but should just briefly mention. Uh, Cagliari's have extended Di Francesco's deal. Um, you've put in brackets here, Baz, bizarrely. Yeah, I've, I feel that, uh, I mean, this has been a pet peeve of mine all season, but I feel Cagliari have been really underperforming and that... Um, Di Francesco in as an appointment was quite uninspired to begin with. The reasoning for extending his contract is to kind of uh, cement the whole uh, team spirit and to make it clear that he's here to stay. But again, I, I mean, this is the kind of reward that's given to a manager who excels and not someone who's kind of hitting the, the medium, if not below that. Yeah, and you have to ask with Zenga being uh, released at the end of last season, it's I don't understand. I don't understand how you treat Zenga like that. Who did absolutely nothing wrong, really? Um, and yeah, and then this is how Di Francesco is treated as weird. Don't know what's going on there. Yeah, and on the topic of Cagliari, they lost to Genoa, who who deserve a mention for winning one nil. Torino also battled to a draw with Benevento. Anyone else that we we want to mention? Maybe reigning champions Juventus won a couple of games. Seem to be back in the title race after we wrote them off last week. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I said, don't be so swift to write them off. <laughs> you, you did. It was me uh, banging that drum. Um, so yeah, happy sweet my words. If indeed they do uh, do mount a comeback, should we should we move on then to the transfer talk before we introduce our new feature? Definitely, um, let's do it. So we, we we mentioned that the Jekko's out of favour training alone at Roma, and there are rumours that he could be swapped for Alexis Sanchez, who's um, at Inter. Yeah, I don't I don't know what Roma get out of this. Uh, they their entire their entire attack seems to be built around a player like Edin Dzeko, um the captain, obviously, and they're willing to trade him to, to Inter and they're going to get a completely different player in, in return. Uh, it's For me, for Roma, it would be a particularly weird one. It's one apparently they've been speaking about today as we record on Thursday and apparently they've scheduled talks to continue tomorrow according to press reports. So we'll see what happens, but very, very strange. You have to consider that uh, 
Alexis's career has been a really weird one. If you look at all his uh, stops, the clubs he's played at, how long he's been at every club, it's just uh, w- when he broke out at Udinese, you would never have imagined that this would be a player who would be jumping from one club to another, earning a lot of money and not really playing much. But anyway, potential for a nice reunion for him and Mkhitaryan who played together at Arsenal. Um, <laughs> we've also got uh, on the transfer roundup, Lammers is on his way to either Genoa or Parma on loan. Yeah, this one, I, I, I don't know if there is, the way a lot of uh, loan deals in Italy are structured, there's normally an option or an obligation to buy. I I hope that that, that isn't the case in, in this one, and I can't imagine it is because obviously he's only been at Atalanta for about two minutes. But I think he's, I'm, I'm surprised really, I think he's a, a player who uh, has got great touch, um, really, really elegant uh and can be absolutely deadly in front of goal from the, from the little that I've seen of him. Uh, Gasperini, I'm not sure whether he doesn't fancy the look of him or whether he just thinks he's not ready. Um, perhaps it's the latter. And who am I to question? Gasperini, who's taken Atalanta to uh, two consecutive Champions Leagues and uh, on course for possibly a third. But um, yeah, I'm surprised, a little bit disappointed because uh, I love the look of Lammers. Kenny, are you not concerned by the fact that... Um... Atalanta have sold uh, or loaned out about eight players, if I'm not mistaken, in this window. Players also who came in, like Piccini, Piccini, who came from Valencia, was sent packing without having ever hardly played the game. It's kind of, and the, the Paoli has gone to Benevento. Obviously, we spoke about Gomez. It seems like um, the team is relying on a very small group of players. Yeah, well, I think the the first two that you mentioned, Piccini and De Paoli, were brought in to cover what what the vacancy that came up at uh, right back uh, they needed cover for Hatibor Piccini was not in the the conditions apparently that Atalanta had expected and they've got uh, I still can't pronounce his name but uh, <laughs> they've brought in uh, Mele from uh, from Belgium Genk yeah th- th- those two I'm not um those two I'm not at all surprised about Gomez obviously we've spoken about at length but uh, it seems like uh, Gasperini's been been vindicated. Uh, on the whole, loan deals seems to be the way Atalanta have operated for a very long time, and that is how they've done so well out of players like Kuluzevsky selling him for 35 million euros with him barely, barely playing a minute of uh, first-team football. So You can add Diallo to that uh, list as well, sold for 35 million to Manchester United. So no, I'm not concerned, to answer your question. Sweet. Okay, these next two fit into the uh, Roma, um, so the case for Roma having had a slightly better week seems like at least the Friedkin conglomerate or the, the Friedkin consortium is backing them in the transfer market. Uh, Al Shawawi, former Roma striker, is on his way back from China. I, I think um, he, there was some problem with his medical. I'm not sure if it's actually been done now. Yeah, if he recovers from COVID in time to have a medical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and also they've signed uh, Brian Reynolds, or it looks like they're about to sign Brian Reynolds from FC Dallas. I mean, I've watched his YouTube highlights. He looks incredible. He looks like a world beater, but it is in MLS. So Apparently they pipped Juventus to this signing, so uh, it bodes well. Uh, yep. And Fernando Llorente has uh, rocked up at Udinese. And speaking of uh, slightly older strikers, Kevin Lasagna looks like he's on his way to Verona. And Baz, you were going to give us an update on uh, Milic, who we, we said last week it looked like he was off to Monaco, and he's now officially made the switch, hasn't he? 
So the deal was confirmed shortly after we recorded, but uh, Milik re- uh, released a video that was a tribute to the city of Naples and to the people people of Naples, which was, uh, it had kind of had the emotional music and uh, videos of him l- looking out on the Naples Bay and kind of being a little bit teary-eyed. It was all very Hollywood. And to be honest, it moved me. I was like, wow, this guy was really felt the city. But then I read the... Some uh, comments from our uh, contributor, Marco Postiglione from Naples, and he was like, you're not buying me over. I, w- I hope you have the same career at Marseille that you had at Napoli. That is, stop, start, stop, start. <laughs> but at it's, least he uh, didn't comment about his weight. So, you know, th- that's already a plus point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say maybe we should get his thoughts on the podcast, but um, we don't want him to libel anyone. So it may be best if you convey his uh, his thoughts to us. Uh, okay, right. Just before we do the honourables and dishonourables, we're introducing our new feature, Good Week, Bad Week, where we pick... A t- is it going to be definitely just a team or is it a team or person? What do we think? I think it should be a team. Okay, so one team that's had a good week and one team that's had a bad week. Uh, so, Kenny, I've been trying to make my case for Roma's good week. Uh, you haven't been having any of it. So None do you it. have a better suggestion for a good week? Yeah, I mean, the obvious one... The obvious one, probably because of the the headlines, would be Atalanta. But I'm actually going to go for Udinese. Good week. They uh, held Atalanta to a draw when everyone was expecting it to be uh, easy, easy three points for for Atalanta in that game that had been suspended uh, due to adverse weather conditions. Uh, and then we're had after having faced uh, a team with such high intensity as Atalanta, then just three days later had to go and do the same. Uh, against Inter and uh, held Inter to to a point as well, and I think the cherry on the top is that Llorente signing. Uh, I'm not sh- I'm not sure how good he's going to be, but uh, it kind of feels like a marquee signing for them. So uh, I think good week, yeah. Udinese. It well, brings up the sexiness, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The sexy levels go up at least twenty percent in the changing room. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm completely on board with that. Unless you got any objections, Baz. I, 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 today there is no objections. Okay. Um, in that case, we need to nominate someone for bad week. Um, I mean, Milan are the, the obvious candidates. Yeah, it's not been the best of weeks. Uh, there's, they still somehow ended up being winter champions, more because of uh, Inter's uh, capitulation or rather uh, lack of killer instinct at Inudine. They had that uh, loss in the derby and also a 3-0 loss where they were pretty comprehensively schooled by Atalanta. Uh, arguably, we'd probably give the bad week straight to um, to Zlatan, who was the captain, and therefore, and got sent off and let his team down. Yeah, so bad week, Milan. I think we can all agree on that one. Right, let's, uh, let's kick off the honourable and dishonourable mentions. Baz, this is, down. this is a dishonourable for Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo was um, celebrating his girlfriend's birthday and... Um, Apparently, he had a resort in a posh uh, ski re- ski area, Courmayeur. He had a ski resort open specifically for him and his girlfriend. And obviously, they posted a bunch of photos on social media of them being in some hot tub while there, it was snowing. The only problem is Italy is in a really severe lockdown right now, and you're not allowed to move around between regions. So um, Ronaldo's going to get uh, a mild fine for this, and I worked it out, and... Uh, Apparently, if he plays 14 minutes of football, he'll be able to cover the fine for himself and his girlfriend. So that should be all right. Yeah, it's all right for some. Uh, 
Kenny, we, we briefly mentioned Juventus had uh, had a pretty good week and uh, you wanted to give an honourable to the goalkeeper. Yeah, for Chesney for an all-round rock-solid uh, performance against Bologna. Uh, but in particular, I want to give him an honourable mention for a fantastic reflex save from a uh, what could only be described as a spectacular effort, a non-goal from Cuadrado diving header, point-blank range, um, got a strong hand to it, quick reflexes over the bar. Absolutely fantastic save to cap what was a, a magnificent performance from Chesney in that game. Yeah, we've had quite a lot of mentions of former Arsenal players this week, which I'm not mm. too keen on. But um, yeah, it definitely deserves his honourable. And an honourable um, for leaving Arsenal as well. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, this um, is perhaps an aside, but if you consider that uh, Chesney was the number two at Roma uh, just a few years ago, it's it's quite nuts that Roma had both um, Allison and Chesney as their keepers. Yeah, now Paolo Lopez. Um, and we've got a dishonorable <laughs> here for um, EA Sports. Is this related to the feud with Zlatan and other players? This was uh, actually no. Um, as soon as Milan signed uh, Mandzukic, uh, a patch was created to allow players who were playing with Milan to have him on the squad. The only problem is that they they drew him or they rendered him to look like some 1980s uh, gangster um, <laughs> from a really bad video game. He's just like, he has no hair. I think he has no eyebrows. He's pretty much like copy-paste henchman. Um, EA Sports need to do better. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. I'm just looking at that. Amazing. Um, okay, let's finish on a positive note Kenny you've got uh, one for Romero yeah Romero I mentioned Ilicic in that game uh, against Milan earlier but Romero was possibly um, the the other contender for for man of the match in that Uh, and also absolutely fantastic against uh, Lazio Uh, he actually won the ball up he had absolutely no right to be where he was on the field uh, when he won uh, the ball for Atalanta's third goal and then provided the assist but the the real honourable mention is for the the difference in him from when he joined Atlanta at the start of the season to now. Uh, I have to hold my hands up and say that um, I thought he looked uh, like a, a bit of a bomb scare uh, at the beginning. He was diving into tackles, mistiming things, uh, and I, I couldn't really see what Gasperini saw in him. But since then, he's come on to be one of the best defenders in Serie A and I think undoubtedly at the moment the best defender at Atalanta. So honourable mention there and possibly a dishonourable for myself. I need to see if that's allowed in the rulebook as the official statistician. Yeah, well, I think you might have jinxed him now, so I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him this weekend in uh, Atalanta's (laughs) league game against Lazio. Um, All right, that's all we do have time for this week. Uh, we'll be back at the same time next week if you don't already please do subscribe to our podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen Uh, until then enjoy the football Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.